This is Mac with Adoration on the When Christians Speak Talk radio network. Each month, we try our best to share content that exalts Jesus Christ, whether with guest missionaries and other servants, or with messages from yours truly that show the Lord adoration and expose the adversary while edifying and challenging the listener. Tonight's message from Revelation 9, verses 7 through 12, is one of warning to all that we are in an atmosphere of approaching tribulation. And God is giving us a peek into that which is soon to come. Be encouraged, beloveds, as these impending tortures will not be experienced by those whose lives are in Christ as Christ is in them. Be encouraged and spread love and hope to those who are lost. Listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. So all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website www.whenchristianspeak.com and click on our donation page.
But last week, I started to share from Revelation chapter 9, and I'm going to be in chapter 9 all the way until the end. So I dealt with verses 1 through 6 last week, and today I'm going to be dealing with verses 7 through 12. Now, there are 20 verses in Revelation 9, so you guys know that you're probably looking at maybe two more lessons after this one. haven't quite figured it out yet, but I'm telling you guys, I don't know, God just took me to Revelation 9. Out of all the books of Revelation, um, I really hadn't spent a lot of time in chapter uh, 9, but I've really been getting blessed by it because it, it literally gives you the, the, the scenario from whence all these things that we've talked about during the tribulation period are popping up. And the reason why I'm focusing so much on this particular time, and I'm not saying that we're in the tribulation right now, but what I am saying is that things are setting up right before our eyes that are introducing this period of time to us. And we have to stop playing around with the gospel or pretending to play church as opposed to being the embodiment of the church, being what uh, Christ has wanted us to be, which are the lively stones that build up this spiritual house in which Christ himself is the chief corner. You know, those in architecture know that if you do not have the cornerstone in place, you can have all the other pieces there, but they will not stand. And so when we talk about just jumping into her message again, when you're talking about that cost, that cost allows us to be considered part of the foundation, the spiritual foundation of the church, the real church. And so in Revelation 1 through 6, we were being really introduced to the underworld, the bottomless pit. And, you know, I've broken it down that just like, um, you know, a lot of revelation, when you read it, everything is in thirds. It's the same way with the, the, the lower part of the earth, which we call Hades or hell. And even there, that there are three parts of that. One of those parts is being paradise. And I shared how my God, it helped me to understand how Jesus related to that one thief on the cross who understood that he was innocent and that Jesus out of his own mouth said, today thou will be with me in paradise. So that's, that's one part. But then there's this other part. Oh, by the way, paradise also being relatable as the uh, bosom of Abraham. It's a resting place. But then you have this other part 
of the uh, underworld, which is death itself or the grave. And so that's the second part. Now, in between those two is this interesting place that's called the abyss or the bottomless pit. And this is the place that none of us, not even the demons, want to be in. Again, I related last week, you know, when that spirit called legion, and we're going to talk about legion today um, as we deal with an interesting uh, insect that's referenced in Revelation 9 called these locusts. And to me, the locusts kind of represent legion because they are many in number, yet represent as one evil entity. And even legion cried out, please, Lord, don't put us into the abyss. And so <laughs> by the mercy of Christ himself, he ended up putting them where? Into the swine. And the swine went off the cliff and, and drowned themselves. So all of this is just a lead up into what we're going to talk about today, dealing in Revelation 9, verses 7 through 12. I want to go ahead and read that for you. So here it goes, verse 7. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like women's hair. And their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions, and their power to hurt people for five months, and five months is significant. I can't wait to share this. Okay, but they, um, their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name, excuse me, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek, he is called uh, Apollyon. Well, I can't even say it. Apollyon. Apollyon or Apollo. The first woe has passed. Behold, two more woes are still to come. Again, there are three woes, and we're just dealing with the first woe. Again, Revelation, threes, y'all, threes, all right? So as I was preparing for this, I could not take my mind off of these locusts. So just as a setup, we have to understand that these are uh, apocalyptic 
visions that John was receiving from on high, I, I, I get the impression that somehow he materialized himself into this whole other realm. And these words that he's sharing with us, they come from a place that helps us to understand what he was visualizing, but not necessarily to take every image that's referenced as literal. We have to just look at a lot of times the verbiage says that something is like something, okay? So we, you know, were these actual locusts? No, but what we know about locusts is that they swarm. In other words, they, they collectively come together. And so just like the aforementioned legion, you know, which is many, many uh, demonic spirits, but within this one entity called legion, all right? It's the same way that I am picturing these locusts. And so I had to do a deep dive. Guys, look, you're going to find out some stuff today about some of this imagery, and I'm going to talk about it from the natural, but to bring it into the supernatural. So the first thing we got to know is about locusts. And so locusts, when I looked it up, are large tropical grasshoppers with strong powers to take flight. They are usually solitary. And that, that was interesting in itself. They're usually solitary, but I was really did a deep read into this. And interesting enough, when uh, the rainy season, like we're kind of in a rainy season where we're sitting at right now in Guatemala. So in this rainy season, um, that's when the locusts tend to no longer be solitary, but they do all their mating and, and all of a sudden they just form into these large packs or swarms, as they say. And then what do they do when they come together like that? Well, in the natural, they then go out and about and they destroy all kinds of crops and vegetation. Now, again, I think last week I went right to Exodus because we know that one of the plagues, the eighth plague, interesting enough, um, that eighth plague was actually the swarm of locusts that uh, went all across Egypt. And in the same manner, when the entranceway to the bottomless pit was opened up, here comes the swarm of locusts with the intent to do just like the natural locust is to devour. But in this case, it's not about vegetation. It is about us. And everything is about destruction. Now, here's the real cool thing. Now, we talked about last week that this onslaught from these revelation mentioned locusts would last five months. So Mara, I tell you, why did I look and just happen to see that the lifespan of the natural locusts 
it says it's for several months. And I said, oh, that's interesting. But when I looked further and went into more detail, did you not know that the natural locust is only on this earth anywhere from between two and a half to five months? And that lines up with the spiritual locusts that also they're here to wreak havoc. And, and we read last week that the havoc that they would wreak would do everything but destroy mankind, okay? But it would last for five months. And so I'm just, I got so excited that, again, it proves that the Bible is so accurate if we would just avail ourselves to, to understand it the way God wants us to understand it, is that in the same natural lifespan of a, a natural locust that we have right here in Guatemala, okay, is the same span of time that God has shared with us through John that this havoc is going to be wreaked upon the earth. Yet, the good news is, is that for those who are of the faith, they will be unaffected. Hence, this is why we're sharing the importance of not playing around, not playing church, not just going out of ritual or out of, of some kind of program, but to actually be seeking God in your local church services, in your home visitations with uh, fellow Christians, in the marketplace, on your job, we need to take this stuff very seriously because you're going to find out as I continue to share that it is so crucial because we are literally seeing at least a vision of what the tribulation is looking like or going to look like right now. So let me continue because I'll get really excited. Okay, so we, we deal with these locusts and I went to a couple of passages that, that talk about them. So the first one that I pulled up was in Amos chapter 7, verse 1. I want to read that to you, okay? So this is Amos talking. He says, this is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, he was forming locusts. When the latter growth was just beginning to sprout. And behold, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. I want to read another one out of Joel chapter 2, verse 20. And this is where it really gets serious, y'all. And this is where I'm going to have to take a moment and break this down for you, okay? It says, I will remove the northerner far from you. And northerner is major, y'all, because it speaks to end time scripture. So I will remove the northerner far from you and drive him into a parched and desolate land his vanguard into the eastern sea 
and his rear guard into the western sea. The stench and foul smell of him will rise, for he has done great things, and these great things are great evil things. I want to take it further. Ezekiel 38, and honestly, you need to read all of Ezekiel, but the first 16 verses um, are what I'm, I'm going to have stress you to, to read, but I'm only going to read verses 14 and 16, because in Ezekiel, it's the reveal of Antichrist. It is also the reveal of how things are going to pop off in this end time that all of us are trying to figure out, well, how's it going to come? Okay, so listen to this, Ezekiel 38, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, and just in case y'all don't know who Gog and Magog are, Let's just call it out um, because there are uh, different interpretations of what that means. What I will say for the purposes of what I'm sharing today, you can think about it as Antichrist, and you can think about uh, you can think about Gog as the Antichrist. You can think about Magog as the the region and the peoples that the Antichrist will use for his evil bidding. So when we read Ezekiel at 14, therefore son of man prophesy and say to God, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know it? You will come from your place out of the uttermost parts of the north. You and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses. Now, remember relating this to Revelation 9, these locusts and, you know, what did I read? They, they, they looked like they were on horses prepared for battle. Okay, so it says back in Ezekiel, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great host, a mighty army, you will come up against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. In the latter days, I will bring you against my land that the nations may know me when through you, O oh God, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. Guys, this is a hope right here, but it is also a warning. But look at what's interesting here, is that we have to understand as believers that the attack always starts with Israel. And so we have to be cognizant of everything that's happening towards Israel. And so as we unfold, 
what is going on in the world today. We, we have to open up our eyes. And I'm going to use the United States as my model. So for those in the United States, because we believe that our broadcast is a global one, because we have people from Guatemala, from Africa, all over that chime in. But I'm talking to the U.S. right now, specifically, because we can see in our beautifully, wonderfully created nation that where is the attack on our country coming from? And I'll tell you, it is coming out of the North. And you ask, well, Mac, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you. I was, I was sitting at lunch today with Myra, and I said, Myra, just look at what's going on. There are two things that are happening in the U.S., and these are major things, y'all. And these are the things that you need to keep your eyes open. The first one is that whether you realize it or not, we are in a cold war with uh, Russia. Russia just happens to be in the North. And let me tell you, and I know that you guys, especially you sports-related folks, will start thinking about Brittany Griner. Well, I'm going way beyond Brittany Griner because this has been going on to the point where if we just look back to the, the not-so-far-gone elections that we had, that, look, what was part of the issue? The Russian influence upon our political system. And believe me, the spirit of that is very much prevalent. And, 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 and guys, I'm, I'm not, you know what, I keep saying I'm not being political, but you know what, to be honest with you, a lot of things are simply political and you can't get around them. So let me just talk to you straight up. Right now, can you believe that in the United States that we have people who are self-professed socialists and Marxists in a government system that's supposed to be for the people. And it, it, it racks my mind that this seems to be cool, but this is literally an attack, not just on our government, but understanding that whether you agree with everything about our government or not, at the forefront of the documentation that makes up the foundation on which our government is supposed to stand, again, these charters of freedom, Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights, and the U.S. Constitution, do you not know that all three of those documents are founded upon godly Christian principles? And whether men have always exercised them properly, that's not the point that I'm trying to share. But what I am trying to share is that now you have a faction of folks that have penetrated the very system that truly made America great. And they are now trying to do everything to destroy it. 
and create something new, something wicked, and something ugly. Sounds like the spirit of those locusts to me. And so we have to be very careful. And I've only talked about one of these attacks from the north. So let me talk about the other one. The other one comes from an area that's uh, under Russia, also under Mongolia. And after Mongolia, you have this country that's called China. And what is happening and how are we being influenced by China? Well, beloveds, it is hitting our economy. And here's the thing that I grew up on. In fact, let me uh, quote Billie Holiday, the prophetess herself, when she sang, God bless the child who's got his own. Okay, I know that you say, well, Beck, why are you talking about a jazz standard by Billie Holiday? Well, the reason that I'm saying that and the reason why I'm having fun with this and saying, well, she was a prophetess is because there's truth in what she said. And so what does that mean today? Well, who owns the U.S.? Who has the economic power in the United States? Is it the United States? Or is it this entity from the North that's coming? Now, again, are these things that I'm talking about, are they necessarily what Revelation 9, 7 through 12 is talking about? Not necessarily. However, the spirit of it, and that's where we have to understand, the spirit of it is here. It's already here. The ground is already being set for this battle, this, this, this invasion of these locusts. And listen again as I read Revelation uh, 9, starting at verse 7. In appearance, the locusts. So again, don't take it as literal locusts, but in appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. So they're not coming like angels to love us and encourage us. They are coming for war. And on their heads were what looked like, remember, don't take everything literal, but what were looked like crowns of gold. And it made me think, Myra, whenever we think about crowns, we think about the crowns well, first of all, the crown that our Savior wears. But then we think about, too, that we get a reward and we, too, will get our crown. And that is the ultimate uh, compliment for God saying to all of those who were faithful and just that this is my son or daughter in whom I'm well pleased, come on in and share with me at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we expect that to be a royal occurrence. Well, remember, Satan and his spiritual demons are the counterfeit 
of everything that is holy. And so these horses come in and on their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. So they are here to fake you out. So what I'm saying today, today, those things that look like they're glorious, yet they're spewing out lies. Watch out because they look good. We keep thinking that Satan comes with pitchforks and wearing red and have all these, you know, the imagery that we associate with him. But no, 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 no. He comes as an angel of light. He's here to fake us out. And we hear it through preachers who make proclamation that they are saints, and yet they are hustlers of the saints. And they come as wolves in sheep clothing to, what, again, devour. I'm not making this up. This is in Revelation 9. So let me continue. Their faces were like human faces. And we know that in scripture, it says that, you know what? That these demonic presences can appear as human. You know, we talk about entertaining angels unawares, but that works both ways. They can be good angels and they can be bad angels. And how we entertain them determines our faith. This is stuff, I'm, I'm telling you guys, oh my gosh. When I read these things, it's like, my God, my God, my God. So let me continue. It won't be too long-winded. So, and then, listen to this. Their hair, like women's hair. Okay, ladies, I'm going to have to go here for a moment because I, I, I had to take some notes on this. And I went to um, First Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 15. And it talks about women in their hair. And um, you know what, Myra, if you don't mind, why don't you pull that up? Why don't you look that up for a moment? But I'm going to, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 15. But, but let me just go ahead and, and break it down for you now, because it describes a woman's long hair as being a covering but can be used for her self-glory. So since I got you here, are you there? 11, 13? 15, 15. Okay. Want to read it? Read it for us, darling. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Yes, yes. And so, again, Satan perverts what is supposed to be something that is positive. God has encouraged women that their hair is a glorious covering that he has blessed them with. Yet Satan and his forces uses a woman's hair. And in this apocalyptic description as something negative, See, you gotta watch, you gotta watch for these things, ladies. And then after that, it says, and their teeth like lion's teeth. Well, if you understand how I study, I had to look up lion's teeth. 
So listen to this. A lion's teeth, this is the natural lion. A lion's teeth are specialized only for cutting of flesh and organs, meaning they can devour you, yet they cannot crush your bones. And I thought about that because remember, when we're talking about this vision in Revelation 9, it talks about this five-month period where it's all type of tribulation going on, yet the people, they don't die. They'll want to die, but they can't die. And, and that actually describes the, the end game, which is the bottomless pit, where, again, I'm sure that people will just want to die, but they will never die. Because just like there's an eternity that can be in heaven, there's also an eternity in hell where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the way that the scriptures describe it, it's going to be ongoing. It's going to be torture forever and ever and ever. And beloveds, if that doesn't scare you half to death, I don't know what will. But bringing it back to these teeth-like lions, it made me think, you know, they can chew just enough of you to keep you barely alive, not take your life, but they can devour you, your organs, your, your flesh. This is nasty, y'all. This is horrible. And we don't want to go through this, yet the way that we're living our lives is carefree, just going along with every worldly agenda, fighting over all types of things that we know God has said is not for us. And I won't mention all those things because I do that enough. But we sit there and allow the world to dictate who we should be, and we cower in silence and quietness while many of our leaders are talking about uh, the fact that I realize now that my teachers on tithing is wrong. And yet, even in that revelation, realizing that he's actually trying to pull more out of his congregation than the 10% that he was trying to get before. That's a whole nother lesson there. But what I'm saying is that look at the false doctrine that's going on. Look at the atmosphere of our world that's going on, that's being championed by these forces from the north, all of them penetrating into the fiber of who we are as a people, both uh, uh, U.S. citizens, but more importantly, as Christians. And it's literally splitting us in half. And most people are willing to be holy when it's convenient to be holy, and they're willing to be worldly when it's convenient to be worldly. I'm not done, almost though. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And I, when I hear breastplates, breastplates, okay, it makes me think about how we're supposed to get dressed. 
The word tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may withstand who? The forces of evil. So again, guys, what does that mean? How do we get dressed? Well, I don't even have to look it up because it talks about a belt of truth, shoes for the preparation of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, sword of the spirit. I left this last one out. Oh, sorry. Helmet of salvation. Then this last one, the sixth thing, is the breastplate of righteousness. So here again, in the counterfeit doctrine of Satan, he's using something that for us protects our heart in righteousness. And he uses it as a form of evil battle to protect himself as he devours you. Then it says, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. First thing I thought about was Ben-Hur. And I thought about, man, when, when did Ben-Hur come out in the late 60s, I think? I think when the movie Ben-Hur, Charlton Heston. And I remember, you know, everybody's talking about, oh man, we just need to get to the chariot scene, right? And I gotta tell you, I love the chariot scene. Um, and it was loud and it seemed like, I, I don't know whether Hollywood did this or not, but they boosted up the volume because it was mighty real and you could see the, the, um, the spokes of the wheels turning and the horses prancing and, and it was loud. And, and, and I can imagine that this sound was way louder than that. Okay, now we're getting into the, the real part because this is where it gets very, very interesting. So it says, they have tails like scorpions and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. Okay, so again, guys, I'm just trying to help y'all understand how I study. So I had to look up scorpions. Well, what, what is it about scorpions, all right? So listen to this. They are predators. They have eight legs. They have two pinchers. Those are the claws, the pinchers, okay? And those pinchers are used to hold their prey devour or even kill their prey. So imagine a scorpion, I'm trying to put my hand in there, holding you and then having this tail coming and whoop, sting you. All right, so the tail is a curved tail with a stinger. Now, interesting enough, in the majority of scorpions, if you get stung by them, nothing will happen. It doesn't affect humans. But in 1% or as I was reading, 
in 25 species of scorpions, the venom that comes from that stinger can actually take you out of here, okay? And it's capable of uh, killing human beings. So isn't it amazing that when we're talking about Satan or the forces of evil, they always take on some type of reptilian nature, whether it's the serpent of the garden, whether it's the dragon, you'll see it, especially if you read the King James Version, you'll see it talks about this dragon, right? And here we're talking about, interesting enough, we have a combo thing here. We have an insect, uh, something that appears as an insect, which locusts are insects, but within this insect comes this reptilian part of them that's like a scorpion. And again, none of these things speak to holiness. Everything speaks to death and destruction. All right? So, interesting enough, remember, I told you that when locusts get together after they experience some dampness, and they huddle in together, procreate, and do their thing, they go out in swarms. But the natural locusts have no leader. But interesting enough, these spiritual locust-type creatures, they have a king. Because again, if we understand that the holy world has a spiritual king, and his name is Jesus Christ. Well, the underworld, they have a king too. All right? And so it says in verse 11, they have a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. Again, evil angel, but angel nonetheless. And that angel has a purpose, and he's over the bottomless pit. He has a name. And interesting enough, in Revelation, John wanted you to know, for the record, both his Hebrew name and his Greek name. So his e Hebrew name is Abaddon. And Abaddon literally means destruction. Okay, and in the Greek, he is called Apollyon. And Apollyon means the destroyer. So as I close, and again, we'll continue on in Revelation 9 next week. But as a close, you, you might ask, well, Mac, why, why are you talking about all this? And I'm talking about it because, beloveds, honestly, I see it. I see it. I, I see it in every time, you know, I, I look at the news, every time um, we hear conversations and, and things that are, coming out of the pulpit or coming out of the, you know, the, the internet and social media and all these things. And, 
and conversations that I, that I have just in everyday life. And I can see it. It has made me actually want to be better as a man. And because I know who I am as a man and because I do know where I'm still falling short, literally this morning, guys, I, I, I got to be transparent with you. There's some things that I've personally been wrestling with. And unlike others who might be caught up in things unawares, I'm fully aware of my areas of weakness. And when I find myself even thinking about slipping back into them, it is a, a cause of alarm for me because I cannot legitimately come before you and promote a gospel that I'm not living. And I know that y'all saying, well, you haven't done anything wrong physically, but you know, just the thought of wrongdoing, I, I, I want to eliminate that. That's, that's how serious these things are to me. And, and I'll be a little transparent without telling, I, I don't know all my business, but you know, it even concerns uh, uh, certain interactions I have, even with my beautiful wife sitting right next to me. It's just sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it just, it's just been a, a wake up call as, you know, there are no guarantees of how God is seeing us, okay? And, 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 you know, everything is shared so that we will be just as right before God as we hope you are. And so it made me go into that secret place of the most high will where I can hide under the shadow of the Almighty and, you know, confess my faults and, and repent because I know that he hears me and I know that he redeems. And so I'm saying this because I don't want anybody that comes in contact with our program to lose sight that we cannot, church is not about going and doing holy dances and, and just going through ritual prayers and leaving after the benediction just to go back to the hellish life that we um, profess that we don't live. It's about transformation, guys. And when I read these things and God has given us insight through Revelation 9, into how life is going to be. I want to be in the number where I don't have to concern myself with this. But I have to preach it. Because if I don't preach it, I'm responsible for what I know and did not share. And so, as we wrap things up, you know, read these things for yourselves. Do the homework because we just want you guys to know that we do this because it is truly just our reasonable service. 
Now, I, I stopped asking Myra this question because she never had anything to say towards the end. <laughs> I'm going to ask her this time. Myra, anything else you need to add or share? I just agree with him. I think I, I said the same thing. That when, when I read the word, it really encourages me to be better because I know that I'm not there yet. But it just, to me, it's like a sweet savor. It just, it, it makes me cry. But tears of, God, you care that much about me that you have put your word that has so much power that it transforms my life. It makes me evaluate where I've gone wrong and how I can do better. It's not like you're trying to kill me. You're trying to break down those walls that separate me from being fully what God wants me to be one day. And it's a day-by-day -day thing. And I'm just so thankful that even as I'm reading to share something, it speaks life to me also. It is changing me and helping me to be more genuine and be more what God would want me to be. So I, I truly concur with what Mac was saying that it's not about us being teachers or trying to say we have all the answers. It's about communion, one with another, to let everyone of us know that as Christians, we are to encourage one another and be vulnerable with one another. And, and you know, <laughs> I can't get over, you know, sharing with someone and them saying, well, you one of those Christians are going to tell me, you know, how I should live. And that just broke my heart <laughs> because you don't know me. You don't know my heart. You don't know what provoked me to even share what I was sharing with this person one-on-one. -on -one. It's not what I say. It's what God says through me. Because if I'm speaking my words and my thoughts, it's going to fall to the ground. But if I'm speaking what the Lord has provoked me to say, in a way that he wants me to share it, mm. and you come against me, then you're deceiving yourself. You don't, well, you're not open to hear what God wants you to hear. Because I wouldn't say it unless God provoked me. And I go like, God, I don't want to say this. But if he tells me to, I know it's something that I needed to share. Not for my sake, but for your sake and your relationship with the Lord. So as Christians, we need to, to be that to others with a genuine heart and trust God to work that word that was shared in the hearts of those who may have their walls up, but that, that they will, it will come to their remembrance one day in a word that they may read, might provoke them to go to the word more, to see what God is really speaking in these days. It's not like he's changed. I think we've gotten so used to not spending time with the word. I read the word. I've read it, read it for years. Mm. It's new every day. There's always something that he wants us to hear today. It's not old. It's new. It's fresh. It's a lot. Wow. So, guys, again, we thank you. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for loving, uh, loving on us. Uh, for everyone who's been shooting comments back and forth. We appreciate you so much. Um, again, guys, when, before we sign out, we want to see our content in a more cleaner way where I'm not knocking over the camera. Um, come out to YouTube, 
Just type in Adoration Talk Radio and all of our content. I think we're up to like 197 videos. I can't even believe I've done that many videos. Um, and this has only been since, I think, 2021. So um, we're out there in force. Support us. Uh, subscribe, share, like us, comment, good or bad, because um, we want to be better and we want you guys to be better as well. God bless you and God keep you in his perfect peace with our minds stayed on him. God bless you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.